G'day and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David and I'm part of the ministry team at Dolby Anglican Parish. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit anglicandolby.org.au. This week's sermon is on the Beatitudes and it's part of a new series called Kingdom Come, focusing on Matthew's Gospel. The reading today is Matthew chapter 5, beginning at the first verse. It says this, Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, if you search Instagram, a picture sharing app for the hashtag blessed, you'll find over 450 million pictures of what it means to be blessed. For some to be blessed is to look good. For others to be blessed is to have a new tattoo. For some, the key to being blessed is literally to have a giant key. Apparently, you get one of those things when you buy a house in some parts of the world. For some, it's to be surrounded by friends. For others, it's to have lots of money. And you'll find pictures of all those things on Instagram. 450 million ideas of what it is to be blessed. Today we're beginning a new series on the Gospel of Matthew. Like Frontline last year, this series will take us through Matthew's account of Jesus' life and ministry, dipping in and out of Matthew throughout the year. In Matthew 5.1 we read, Now when he, that's Jesus, saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. The next four weeks will take us through what Jesus said while on that mountain. Three chapters of life-changing stuff. The sermon begins with the Beatitudes. There are eight sayings, beginning with the words, Blessed are. Now, just like hashtag blessed, there are many interpretations as to what Jesus means when he says, Blessed are. Does he mean only people who are these things are blessed? Does he mean that those who do these things will one day be blessed? Is it future tense? Are these a step-by-step guideline for a happy life? Well, let's examine all eight Beatitudes and see what we find. Jesus begins by saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Some have taken this to mean that people who are materially poor are blessed, romanticizing poverty like it's a prerequisite for heaven. Jesus doesn't say this, though. Instead, he talks about spiritual poverty. Jesus shows us what spiritual poverty looks like in Luke 18. He tells the story of a Pharisee and a tax collector who go to the temple to pray. The Pharisee, a spiritually rich man, says, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. The tax collector can't even look up to heaven and says, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. For Jesus, it's the tax collector who goes away blessed. 
J.C. Ryle says it like this, Humility is the very first letter in the alphabet of Christianity. We must begin low if we would build high. Now, if the first beatitude was countercultural, the second takes things up a notch. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Lots of Jesus' listeners would have known what it was to mourn. Sickness and death surrounded them. Funerals happened all the time. They also mourned for the kingdom of Israel, which had been squashed long ago, and with it their hopes of freedom. People even mourned their hopes for the afterlife. Religion at the time was such that only elite few were good enough to make it into heaven, and people lived in a world where they constantly believed they weren't good enough. Here Jesus has good news. They will be comforted. It's future tense. Comfort is coming one day. Surprisingly, though, the promise that God is with me in my mourning and will one day comfort me fully is comfort in the present as well. Jesus' message for us today is, Morning is a part of life, but don't give up. Your circumstances don't define you. God has more in store. The third beatitude is probably the most offensive to an Instagram understanding of the world. Meekness. Today, meekness is seen as weakness, and no one wants to be a doormat. It's submission. It's letting go. It's letting unfairness go unchecked. It's someone who is passive, timid, compliant. It's the person who never gets anywhere in life because they want to, don't want to cause offense. Whatever picture comes into your head when you think of meekness, though, rub it out. Jesus is what it looks like to be meek. It's strength under control. It's being able to hold on in life without instant gratification because, as Jesus says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. When you think of meekness, think of Jesus who fed the hungry, healed the sick, and gave hope to the hopeless. Think of Jesus who resisted those who tried to treat him like a doormat and yet welcomed the humble. Think of Jesus who flipped the tables of hucksters and at the same time welcomed little children and blessed them. Think of Jesus who was abused, beaten, and hung on a cross for you and yet healed a man who came to arrest him. That's meekness. The fourth beatitude is the last of what some call the beatitudes of need. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Again, Jesus isn't endorsing physical hunger. It's a spiritual desire for righteousness and justice. These are people who long for a world where injustice and inequality don't exist. For many today, there are two ways of responding to this longing, one passive and one active. The passive say, just get over it. The world has always been an unfair place and will always be that way. Learn to live with it. The active say, if you don't like the way the world is, do something about it. Protest, hustle, get revenge. Make sure you get yours. For the passive, Jesus' words are too pie in the sky. And for the active, his words are too limp-wristed. And yet again, Jesus is our model for what this hunger looks like. Jesus didn't sit back and let evil prevail, but he also didn't pretend to wave a magic wand as if solving the world's issues is just a matter of effort. Jesus taught, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. True blessedness isn't found by looking within yourself or focusing on your inner longings. Instead, it's looking upward to God, knowing only he can quench our spiritual thirst 
and satisfy a hunger for justice. The happiest people don't satisfy themselves. Instead, they help and care for others. And here we enter the final four, which are sometimes called the Beatitudes of Action. It's important to remind ourselves that the Beatitudes are a package deal. They're not different paths on a life choice menu. You take them, you take them one or you, and you take them all. Jesus says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Mercy isn't something that makes sense to an Instagram world. Forgiveness and grace clash in a world where strength without feeling gets you ahead in life. And yet this beatitude draws us into the heart of God. Psalm 41.1 says, Blessed are those who have regard for the weak. The Lord delivers them in times of trouble. There's a reciprocity here. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Living a blessed life, again, is about coming outside yourself, thinking, who can I forgive like God's forgiven me? Mercy sets us and others free. The next beatitude is tricky to visualize. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. For us, the heart is the center of the emotions. I love, with, I love you with my heart sounds sappy. For Jesus, however, the heart is the center of who you are. It's where your body, mind, and spirit meets. People who are pure in heart aren't saps who look clean on the outside. They're people who aim to have pure lives before God. In a Hebrew mindset, hearts had eyes, so you could see things with your heart. Jesus' promise is that when we put what God wants for our lives first, we begin to see who God is and what he's about. The seventh beatitude is wonderful. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. It's important to note here that peacemaking isn't peacekeeping. Like with meekness, it isn't about keeping everyone happy. Instead, it's about actively promoting peace in private and in public. It's not a passive acceptance of the world as it is, but a commitment to bring the world into harmony. It's a lofty goal, but it's exactly what we're asking for when we pray, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. When we pursue personal peace for ourselves, as if other people don't matter, or as if our actions don't affect anyone else, we're not peacemakers. When we treat others with respect and live for peace, we mark ourselves out as children of the living God. And this brings us to the eighth and final beatitude. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Thousands are flocking to Jesus, wanting him to bless them and to show them how to live. Jesus wants us to live blessed, but he knows that living for peace with God will always put you at odds with forces that resist him. So Jesus is warning those who want to follow him that living this way won't be easy. Persecution isn't a sign that you're failing to live for God. It's affirmation that you are. It's at this point that we need to stop and pray for our sisters and brothers in Christ who face violence and death for being Christians. From Nigeria to Iran to China, millions of Christians don't enjoy the freedoms we have to meet and worship Jesus publicly. From the dawn of the Jesus movement on that mountain to prison camps in North Korea, persecution is a part of life for followers of Jesus, and he warns us of this. 
I remember hearing a story about a Vietnamese church. Um, it's from a book for, called Jesus Freaks by the Voice of the Martyrs. It reads like this. The communist soldiers had discovered their illegal Bible study. As the pastor was reading from the Bible, men with guns suddenly broke into the home, terrorizing the believers who had gathered there to worship. The soldiers shouted insults and threatened to kill the Christians. The leading officer pointed his gun at the pastor's head. Hand me your Bible, he demanded. Reluctantly, the pastor handed over his Bible, his prized possession. With a sneer on his face, the guard threw the word of God on the floor at his feet. He glared at the small congregation. We will let you go, he growled, but first you must spit on this book of lies. Anyone who refuses will be shot. The believers had no choice but to obey the officer's order. A soldier pointed his gun at one of them. You first. The man slowly got up and knelt down by the Bible. Reluctantly, he spit on it, praying, Father, please forgive me. He stood up and walked to the door. The soldiers stood back and allowed him to leave. Okay, you, the soldier said, nudging a woman forward. In tears, she could barely do what the soldier demanded. She spit only a little, but it was enough. She too was allowed to leave. Quietly, a 16-year-old girl came forward. Overcome with love for her Lord, she knelt down and picked up the Bible. She wiped off the spit with her dress. What have they done to your word? Please forgive them, she prayed. The soldier put his pistol to her head. Then he pulled the trigger. Whilst violent persecution is something few of us will ever face, Jesus' words still apply closer to home. You may be mocked or excluded for believing in Jesus. People may gang up on you at work for being a Christian or swear at you for what they think you believe. In these moments, Jesus says, You know what? You're blessed because you're part of a long line of people who have suffered with me. God sees you when you put your neck out for him and Jesus says, Great is your reward in heaven. So friends, are the Beatitudes a way to become popular on Instagram? Not really. Are they a way to become rich, powerful, and successful? Not at all. Are they the key to happiness? I believe so. Over Christmas, Zoe and I binge-watched a historical drama called The Crown. It's based on the life of the royal family, and the most recent season focuses on Prince Charles. It tells the story of a prince who early on in life decides that as a royal, he must look after his own happiness because no one looks after him. He tries to find joy in acting, but his acting career is crushed. He tries to find joy in popularity, but that's unfulfilling. He tries to have the perfect marriage, but both he and Diana end up miserable. Finally, he tries to find ultimate happiness with the love of his life, Camilla Parker Bowles, and even that turns to custard. This relentless pursuit of happiness and a hashtag blessed life becomes a prison of misery. It's only when Charles forms a charity for disadvantaged young people that we see him smiling. And here's the rub of the Beatitudes. If you keep chasing the 40, 450 million ways Instagram tells you to be happy, it will always be out of your reach. 
But when you look to God for all things and seek to bless others, happiness happens. The Beatitudes leave us with a choice. Will I keep chasing happiness for myself on the hamster wheel of life? Or will I commit to Jesus and discovering what it is to be blessed as I live to bless others? The choice is ours, friends. We make it every day. Amen.